This is the Creepy Sock Podcast. I don't know anything about legal stuff, so this is my intro. Hey everybody, um, so full disclosure, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I literally am doing this from my phone, um, I need to do more googling, but I was just so amped to get one episode out, um, and I'd like to make it a weekly thing. So bear with me if the audio sucks. I'm going to buy a real big girl microphone. I just got to figure out um, exactly what I need. (laughs) So I guess this would be a good um, intro episode. I'm not sure if everyone has really been intrigued um, by the blog post that I made, but I sat down and I started a blog and we're just gonna fucking roll with it, man. We're gonna have a whole ass podcast about it, I guess. Um, so I guess I'm just gonna start with how did, how did I know that I was depressed? (laughs) I feel like this is a common question because, you know, we see the word depression kind of used very loosely in today's world. I mean, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Even when my kids um, came home from school one day, and I was like, what's wrong? And um, my stepdaughter was like, well, I'm kind of depressed. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) No, you're not. I mean, that's wrong. I shouldn't say no, you're not. But, you know, come to find out, she wasn't actually depressed. She was just having a rough day. So depression is like intense sadness, hopelessness, and I guess it kind of differs person to person. And full disclosure, I am not a mental health professional. I've just been dealing with my own bullshit for a billion years, it feels like. So I feel like over the past, I don't know, I started this when I was 13 is when I like really first noticed it. So it's been like 13 years. (laughs) Um, that I've kind of had to navigate my own feelings and understandings and, you know, trying to be hopeful that someday I'll come to a solution. But so far, that has not happened. Um, Every day I wake up with, you know, a little bit of frustration that I'm here. And, you know, I didn't choose to be here. I was just kind of brought in here. And now I have a life and responsibilities and it just feels like unfair, I guess. So when I was 13, I first noticed that um, I had that feeling of hopelessness. I actually kept a journal. Um, My grandma was like really big into writing like thoughts and feelings down. and, And I had some emotional turmoil just because I was... I was and am like a very emotional person. So it was hard for me to kind of put pen to paper, but I did try. Oftentimes that would look like me writing a note to myself or me writing a note to a loved one, um, just explaining how I was feeling. Um, So that's kind of where it started. And I remember feeling like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) 
like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be alive. I don't want to keep trying. Like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to have a life. Like, if I could just stay in bed on my phone for the rest of my life, that would be fine by me. Just turn around, you know, every so often so I don't get bed sores. Like, that sounded good to me. And so, I guess... um, shortly thereafter is when I first started to self-harm. This looked a little bit different, I think, for me, because I actually didn't, like, you know, some people say, like, the the self-harming helps you, like, move the pain from an emotional place to, like, a physical place. So you're creating your own pain, so you feel like you're in control of your pain. But I didn't like it. Um, I tried to like it. (laughs) First, I was using um, rubber bands and I would snap them on my wrist. Um, And then I went into um, using safety pins to kind of like mess around on my wrists and on my belly. And I remember, this is hard to talk about. Sorry, guys. I've feel like this has never been, like, I feel like it's so taboo to, like, speak about it in public, (laughs) um, but I remember taking a safety pin to my stomach, because my stomach was always covered, and it was, it was winter, so it's not like people would see me in a, in a bathing suit, um, and I took the safety pin to my stomach, I had made quite a few, (laughs) like, engravings and I remember I went downstairs in the kitchen and my mom was down there washing veggies and um I had I had lifted up my shirt to like itch my face or scratch or something and she saw it and I just remember her face when she saw it because she immediately knew what it was like it there was no hiding from her um she, she was like, you can't, you can't do this. Like you are too strong willed, too great of a person. Like you can't do this and you certainly can't do this to me. And so for a long time, my mom was the reason that I continued, you know, like, okay, well I can't kill myself because my mom needs me here, you know? And it worked, obviously, I'm here, but I found that trying to live for others and items and things almost made it worse. (laughs) Um, And I haven't completely found out how to, like, live for myself yet. I'm hoping that someday I can figure it out, but I'm not there yet. And I'll be honest, sometimes it feels like I'll never be there. Sometimes it feels like my life will always be a circle of me waking up and wishing that I didn't wake up. Um, but I digress. So that's kind of what started it. Um, you know, I had some like issues in middle school. Um, 
I got bullied a little bit, but I think every kid does. So I hate to say that, you know, I had this huge traumatic life experience and now I'm just fucked up forever because that's not true. I mean, for some people it is, but I've had a pretty, pretty easy life. (laughs) Um, my mom and stepdad and my dad co-parented and made sure that, you know, I always was able to play the sports that I wanted and had the gear that I needed to play. Um, there was never a question on if I could go to college. It was just a question on, um, where I wanted to go. Um, there's nothing really in my life that I can sit back and think like, that was it. That was the reason. Because I don't, I don't have one. So I started doing some research. I mean, as best as I could on, you know, if I could just pick this up, if, if somebody could just pass it down to me and nobody really knows. I mean, science says yes, but like, as far as my bloodline, nobody really knows. My dad said, you know, he doesn't feel the way that I feel. My mom says she doesn't feel the way that I feel, but there's got to be some reason that I feel this way for no reason. (laughs) So yeah, um, I've seen probably 20 therapists in the last 13 years, none of which I enjoyed. My first experience with therapy, I was young and I didn't really understand what the questions were being asked. And like, I was kind of, I don't know if you guys feel this way. And if there are any mental health professionals listening, like, let me know your thoughts on this. But it almost feels as like therapy is like a manipulation tactic from one party to another to try and get you to see like the bright side. Um, but there is no bright side for me. So how do I change my view to be optimistic when I'm when I'm just generally a pessimist? And that's where I started to get fucking frustrated <laughs> with therapy. My last therapist I had for probably I don't know, two and a half months and you know, I, I let her know exactly the way that I'm feeling, which oftentimes was, you know, I want to die, but like, I can't. So how do I make myself feel like I don't want to die? Um, you know, the general answer to that is to, well, take care of yourself, you know, develop some self care. And in my blog today, I posted, um, about the grounding technique. I'm sure if you guys have been through therapy, you know the grounding technique by heart. I can't remember it off the top of my head if we're honest, but it's like name something that you smell, name something that you can taste, name something that you can feel, yada, yada. And it's supposed to like ground you, like, okay, bring you back to like real life when you're kind of in a panic or, or mania mode. But, you know, I don't want... I don't want techniques. Um, I want to feel like a fucking human again. I want meds. I want a med balance that works. I want my brain to produce the right chemicals. I want to wake up and not 
hate my life. (laughs) So, all things considered, everything's okay. I mean, I can't be too angry about the way that I have grown so far because I feel like because of my own, you know, like mental health, I feel like I've kind of opened up this door to let others share their experiences with me as well. And I'm grateful for that because it is really fucking cathartic. It is. And, you know, when I first realized that I could, I could find my own style of therapy, um, it was in 2018 and I started trying to exercise. I say trying because, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just wanted to move. Um, I knew that taking walks kind of helped me. So I knew if I could just exercise, whatever that looked like for me, it could be good for me, you know, like it could work. Um, so that's what I tried to do. And I ended up losing a decent amount of weight, just trying to discipline myself. And I felt better, you know, like I felt like I had healed. I was in this two year long spiral of trying to take my life all the time. And my husband was exhausted. And I'll never forget him saying like, you wanting to kill yourself is killing me. Like, he was so defeated because I don't know if you've ever had to try and make someone who's chronically depressed happy, but it's fucking exhausting. It's exhausting. So I knew, I knew I had to do something. And so exercise came into play and, you know, I started out working out at home. I was a little uncomfortable with, you know, my body and, my knowledge. So I just started doing some things off of YouTube, nothing crazy, a little bit of jumping, a little bit of squats, you know, a little bit of everything, I guess. And from there, I became more knowledgeable and kind of, I guess you could say I hyper fixated because I would say that's exactly what it was on. Um, I hyper fixated on I hyperfixated on nutrition and learning and understanding the principles of nutrition. And I started kind of using my platform to, I guess, like freely coach um, the basics of nutrition. And that's kind of how I started my business. Um, it started out as therapy for myself, and then it kind of turned into a way to help other people and the rest is history. So a lot of questions that I get are how do you stay motivated when you're depressed? Like most depressed people don't want to get out of bed. So like how do you get yourself to the gym? And my best advice is to force yourself. I mean, there's no real clear answer. No one way works for everybody. But I found that maintaining a routine, whenever I'm in my episode, 
keeps me, I guess, more functional. And functional in the way that I can control my day-to-day tasks, but I'm not fucking happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to work out, but I'm going to go because that's my routine. And if I veer off of my routine, then I'm going to go into a bigger spiral and then I can't come out of it. So, you know, we have to stick to what we know and, and maintaining a routine is a big, big one. Um, I'm trying to think of some other like common questions that I get about my mental illness, but for now, that's all I can think of. <laughs> but we can kind of talk a little bit about how to So have you ever felt yourself in the middle of mania? This is something that I really, really want to talk about because it's a big one for me. Mania looks like I'm a fucking crackhead. Like, my energy is through the fucking roof. If you asked me to paint the entire interior of your house in four hours, I probably could. Like, I make so many obligations when I'm in the middle of an episode of mania. I I over-obligate my time. I'll make promises that that I can't keep. I'll spend every dollar that I have. I will collect items that I don't need. And then when I'm out of it, and I have to own up to those obligations and, you know, deal with the repercussions of not having the money that I needed for something. It makes the episode for my depression worse. But I can't get out of the mania triangle. Like, it, it is exactly the same every fucking time. So, I'm not sure if this podcast is going to be (laughs) helpful (laughs) or if you'll just relate, but to be honest, I really think that people are going to um, turn me into the police and tell, tell them that I'm, you know, a psychopath and I shouldn't be able to, you know, walk the streets, but... I'm just being truthful with every feeling that I have in hopes that someone out there who feels the same maybe needs a friend or a shoulder or, you know, the ability to know that they should be here. And, you know, like, I can't, I can't die. Like, I can't take my own life. I can't. I I literally can't. Um, and I say that I can't because I have so many obligations, so many reasons to stay that, and I'm going to say, unfortunately, it would be too selfish of me to take my own life and put those obligations 
onto somebody else. Do I think that every person who is suicidal is selfish? No, I don't. I don't. But seeing myself being selfish really drives it home that I can't do it. I can't do it to my husband. I can't do it to my kids. I can't do it to my pets. I can't do it to my work. I can't. I just can't do it. I can't. And right now, I'm living through that need to stay for other people and not myself. And I don't know if I'll ever want to stay for myself. But I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. So, like, please don't reach out and say, you know, like, you deserve to be here. I know. (laughs) I know. We all do. Like, I'm, I know. (sighs) I could really use a grippy sock vacation. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means I need to go to the fucking psych ward. Maybe that's what I need. I'm not going to go, but maybe that's what I need. So, I guess, like, from here, I would be curious to to know what you guys would want to hear from me. Um, there are so many episodes that I have in my mind, like, so many. And depending on how dark you guys want to take it, like, I'm all here for it, baby. I am ready. I'm locked and loaded. My brain has been waiting for this outlet for years. So just give me the second to, to say it, and I'm on it. So I really need your help with reviewing and letting me know what you want to hear about. Um, let's do some fun facts about your girl, Morgan. Um, fun fact number one, uh, I'm really bad at coming up with these, but I'm trying to come up with them on the spot so that they're like authentic, you know? Um, fun fact number one, I have probably 800 books of those 800 books. I have probably read and finished two of them. So if that gives you an idea of how bad I hoard things. Fun fact number two, my favorite pizza is Domino's, not Wally's, not a a local chain, not anything except for Domino's. I fucking love, I fucking love Domino's. Like when I prepped for 20 weeks last year, the day after my show, all I wanted was a Domino's pizza, baby. That's all I wanted. And I fucking smashed that shit. Fun fact number three, I am like more and more getting into learning and understanding my own energy and using crystals and trying to be a witch, which makes me sound even more crazy after that whole spiel ahead of time, but it's keeping my brain focused on something. So just let me be my own person. Okay. Number, what was that? Was that number three? Yes. Number four, um, I love to paint and draw and write which I feel like isn't that surprising considering I have a blog but growing up painting was my outlet now it's more exercise but painting was a big one a big one um number five I have are you ready for it 
four dogs. Two of them are Great Dane puppies. I have three outside cats that are supposed to kill the mice in my barn, but only kill baby squirrels. I have one horse and one donkey. I used to have two ducks and two rabbits, but there's a big old fox that lives on the other side of my hill that ate them. Fun fact. So now that you know a little bit, I didn't even mention that I was polyamorous. I'm like not very good at this, okay? I promise these episodes are going to get a lot better. But like, let's circle back to that fun fact and go to number six and say I'm I'm polyamorous. Meaning I was, but I'm not currently anymore in a polyamorous relationship. Which means <laughs> I am in a triad. Myself and my husband are dating another person. Um, we each, we all date each other. So do with that information what you please. I am a out and proud bisexual woman who loves my husband and all of his parts, but also appreciates a woman's body, and I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. I love a good margarita, and I'm always down for a lemon drop if anyone wants to do a shot with me. Um, I should probably end this um, podcast before it sounds more like a dating site and less like a self-help podcast that I um, would really like it to be. So please help me out. Give me a review. Let me know what you want to hear more of. I will absolutely take all feedback and come up with a fucking great episode so that you guys stick around. But for now, this is goodbye until next week. I'll see you then.